Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Immature people are people who, for whatever reason, have chosen not to elevate their thinking or their belief system, their words, their actions to their station in life that is required. And we've all been around immature people in one way or another. For instance, uh, when my wife and I, when she was uh, pregnant with our first baby, Olivia, we were doing the, the breathing classes at, uh, at the, the hospital classes and, you know, touring around and everything. And the, the lady that was leading the class, they said, what are you afraid of? And a lot of the, the women were afraid of the pain or the co- or complications. A lot of the men were afraid that they would uh, pass out. Uh, I said I was afraid of the bill, trying to be funny. Uh, but then there was a guy in there and he said, I'm afraid uh, my wife's going to go into labor on Tuesday night. And everybody kind of like, they didn't, they thought maybe he was trying to make a joke that didn't land. And uh, he said, because Tuesday night is the night that I watch wrestling. And then everyone kind of giggled thinking he was making a joke. And his wife said, he's serious. He goes, I'm serious. I don't know what I'm going to do if my wife goes into labor on Tuesday night because I watch wrestling and I don't want to have to take her to the hospital uh, when I'm watching wrestling. And he was almost like having this existential crisis over what he was going to do on Tuesday night. And then we all sort of had this this nervous laughter because in the inside we were all going, you're going to be a dad and you are not ready. You are immature. It was like talking to a kid who was trying to decide if they should do something really important or watch their favorite show, his wrestling. And so I never found out what night she went into labor on. I pray it was not Tuesday, uh, but who knows? And so Paul writes the book of First Corinthians identifying the problem in the church. And it's just that it's immature believers. I'm not going to try to try to build up to something this morning. Uh, I'm going to tell you up front, this is the big idea, that the church of Corinth had so many immature believers, it was almost as if part of it was being run by children. And these immature believers were really keeping back what God wanted in their church. And so as I thought about that, that idea and how to present that, I thought, man, that's not, I don't know how to do it. Be like, some of you are immature and you shouldn't be mature because you would all be doing like they did in the first service and just pointing at somebody else versus really looking at your own life and evaluating, okay, are there areas in my life where I've chose, chosen not to grow a commensurate with my station in life? So what I want to do today is I want to give you a big illustration And the illustration today is the life of the church. And we're going to go all the way through this table today. Now, what's great about this is that if you're a guest with us, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you're exploring Christianity, you're trying to find out, you are going to get to see us pull back the whole curtain today. And I'm going to show you the big ideas that are in Christianity, all of them. I'm going to show you this is what it looks like, the whole life of the believer in faith. And so you're going to get a really educated, uh, well-founded basis in which to make your decision of whether you should follow Christ or not. For those of us that are believers in Jesus Christ, you're going to see yourself somewhere at this table. You're going to identify this is where I'm at in this table right right now, and 
this is what I need to do to move forward. This is what needs to happen for me to grow up and not be immature in this area in Christ anymore. So here's the big idea. The table is the church. The table is the church. We as the people of God sit around the table, but the table is the church. It's this organism, this this way that we have to come together. Now I want to be very careful. The point is not the table. The point is the meal that we serve on the table. John 6, 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The church is here for the Uh, The church is here for the meal. The table is here for the meal, and that is Jesus Christ. We want you to know and to love, to experience the greatness of our God. We want you every single Sunday to come in and experience Jesus Christ. He is at the center of the table. He is the bread of life. So who is it that sits around this table? I'm going to go through these chair by chairs, and I want to start with this chair right here. This is the chair for our guests. This is the chair for our guest. If you are new to Christianity or you are new to River Valley, then you are our guest. We choose that word intentionally. You are not a visitor. I hate that word in church because a visitor, you know, goes into a museum and has to pay a price and has ropes cordoned off and you can't touch everything and it's closing time, you got to go. You're not a visitor. You're a guest. Think about it. We literally want you to sit at the table as a guest. What we don't want you to do is stand over here and watch. That's not what we want. We want you to be involved in the life of the church. We want you to come and sit and see and experience who Jesus Christ is. We really do. And so just like when you have a guest at your house, what do you do? You say, hey, would 6.30 work for you? You work on times. You, you ask, okay, do you guys have any preferences as far as meals? Do you have any food allergies that we need to be aware of so that we can serve you something that really is conducive to what we're trying to do to get together and to know each other here? So in the same way, we want to do church like that in the life of River Valley. We used to say this all the time in the early, day, in the early days of River Valley. We used to say four things. We used to say, the dress is casual. Like at River Valley, we want you to just be able to come as you are. We don't want you to be worried about uh, what you're wearing. We, you know, you're going to see people all over the map, and that's, that's fine. It's easy. It's a low entry point. I don't like to dress up. And so that works really well for me. Uh, the only thing that's not optional is clothes. Wear some clothes and come to church. So that's the, all we want. So the dress is casual. And then we would say the, the, the teaching is helpful. Man, we want you to, to understand God's Word. We want help make it accessible and also understandable and not in the sense of like, oh, that's interesting, but oh, that's what God is. That's who God is. That's what He wants. That's how He works. To really have it be a helpful part of your life so that when you begin to apply it to your life, it really makes a difference. Then we often say that the music rocks uh, because we, we like, I mean, I think of all things that River Valley is known for, it's known for our music. It's known for our worship, and we have a great worship team, and I think, I think people come in and experience, and they're like, that was really good. That was lively, and I, I, I enjoyed that. And then the last thing we say is your kids will have a blast. Man, we want your kids to do exactly what we're doing over here with a really high quality and learn about Jesus. And uh, one of the things we say is the only time kids cry in River Valley in, uh, in student ministry is when they have to leave. And so we want them to have fun. So 
we want to make sure that you as a guest are accommodated. If you have any questions all through the sermon, I'm going to be pointing back to this. But if you're new to River Valley, if you're new to Christianity, if you're exploring faith for the first time, right outside of these doors is what we call our Connections Corner. And there's people after the service there that can help you understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to, to truly know Him as your Savior and Lord, and all of the steps that will come after that. They're going to help you with that. So you're a guest, and you sit here for a while, and uh, you, you come, and, and, and we want you to experience that. And this is the chair of the guest. This chair right here, this is the chair of the new Christian. The new Christian. This person has decided to come over here and to give their life to Jesus Christ as a new Christian. This is the person who's pretty new in their faith. Now, I want to be careful here. Because what we can often do is we can think to ourselves, well, I've been coming to church for a while now. And I'm singing some songs and I'm dropping some money in the plate, and I'm doing the right things, and I'm saying the right things. And so, you know, it's been several months, so I'm probably a new Christian by now. You do not evolve into Christianity. You don't, you don't just kind of wake up one morning and go, oh, I guess, I guess I'm a Christian now. No, no, no. To move from this chair as a guest to this chair as a new Christian, there's a choice that you have to make right here, and that choice is lordship. The choice is lordship. The person who sits in this chair is the Lord of their own life. They are in control of their own life. They are making the decisions. They are the captain of their own ship. The person who sits in the new Christian chair has said, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Jesus, take control of my life. Jesus, I give you because you are rightful in doing that, that you are the God of the universe who was resurrected from the dead. I want you to be the Lord of your, my life. Please don't make the mistake that thinks that I've been here long enough. Surely I'm a Christian. It is a conscious choice that you make for yourself to move, and the choice is lordship. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Now, in the new Christian chair, if you are a new Christian or you're around new Christians, it is fun. It is fun. If you are a brand new believer or you're around them, they are fun to be around, aren't they? I mean, they're just like sponges taking it up, and they're so excited. And they're like, man, did you see this? Did you know this? And they're learning new things, and they're like, have you ever seen this verse? It is amazing. John 3, 16. It is alive, Jane. You're like, that's a good verse. Have you seen it? A few times. Yeah, you know, and that, but it's just, it's amazing to watch them. And they're like, and last week we spoke on marriage and I went and did that and things got better. And then we we, uh, did a children's seminar and and, and my kids are starting to be different. And it's amazing to be around new Christians. It's super fun. It's fun to be a new Christian. Man, you are just growing in your faith. You're growing by leaps and bounds. I love, I love, I love New Christians, they're just full of life and they bring that energy. And they bring, for those of us who've been believers for a long time, sometimes they bring that reminder of how good it is to taste the Lord Jesus Christ, to see how good he is. And so there's new Christians in our church today that are, that are very, very new in their faith. But here's something that's going to happen for you when you sit in the chair of the new Christian. At some point, you're going to start to realize a lot of the ramifications of lordship. See, you probably got saved. You probably gave the lordship of your life from this chair to this chair because something was going on in your life. You probably came in because something was happening. You might have come in and thought, you know what? 
my life is out of order. Something is missing. Like I'm, I'm not satisfied. My marriage isn't great. My kids are not, they're kind of starting to go off the reservation a little bit. I just kind of, uh, there's something going on here. And so you get, you explore Christianity and you find that, well, the problem is, is that you're the captain of your own ship and Jesus is a better captain. Jesus can lead your life and bring order out of chaos and bring your life meaning and purpose. And you're like, that is great. That's exactly why I'm here. Some of you have some real baggage from the past. Man, you've got some deep sin that has ramifications to right now. Or no one knows, but you can't shake it. Or you did it in the past and you continue to feel guilt and shame over that. And you come and you lay that down at the foot of Jesus Christ. And you move into the new Christian chair. And you experience holiness for the first time. You experiencing clean, uh, cleanliness, cleanness. You experience Jesus washing your sins away. And it's a wonderful feeling. It's so good to just throw off that sin and to have it be part of you no more. But then there's a time after that for a while, you're like, whoa, lordship has some ramifications. I came in because I needed God to make order out of chaos. I came in because I needed God to forgive my sin and take off that burden. But lordship has some ramifications I probably didn't think about. There's some time ramifications to lordship. The church meets every seven days. It is every seven days that Sunday comes around. And that's my only day to sleep in. And I've got to do all this stuff to do. And I, every seven days, and you've got a time constraint all of a sudden. Some of you, you're like, I've got some relational costs that I need to count. You know? I've got some friends that I thought I could bring along, but instead of bringing them along, they're starting to influence me to go back to my old life. And now I'm going to have to make some relational decisions based on that if I'm really going to follow Jesus. And there's a relational cost. There's a financial cost. You're like, oh, the church, the church operates through, through my giving, through my generosity. And you, you begin to wrestle with all these things. And that's where you've got to make a decision. See, it's okay to be a new Christian. It's just not okay to stay there. It's just not okay to stay there. And so what you have to do is listen to the word of the Lord because he's going to give us how to get out of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. This is what it says. Chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 1 says, For my part, Paul is writing as the pastor of the church, Brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. Why? Because I, I give you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not ready for it. In fact, you're still not ready for it. Why? Because you're still worldly. This is where we get the whole idea of our sermon series, Christian Concarne, which is that you've got to move from milk to meat. The way that you move out of this stage is that you've got to decide to change. You've got to make a choice to change. And you've got to say, God, give me meat. Give me what I need. I refuse to live in the new Christian seat forever. Now, the problem with that is the new Christian seat is pretty easy. Because things are coming to you. You're basically a consumer. But when you begin to understand, oh, the church wants me to serve. The church wants me to eat 
food, the food of Jesus Christ and grow up, then I make this choice to change and all of that if I'm going to be a growing Christian. This is where the text comes in because Paul says the problem with the church at Corinth is that too many people had decided to stay in this chair and they thought this chair just was like this. But when you decide to stay in this chair and not move, this is what you decide. This is your chair. This is your chair. Just like the guy on the screen Man, this is your chair. This is the high chair. And I love the high chair. Man, you can, everybody, set your food down. You're buckled in for safety, bucker. Man, you're, I mean, you're like, you can't even move to come and help. You can't even, uh, you know, do the dishes. No one expects anything of you. It's fun to be in the high chair. Everything revolves around you in the high chair. Have you ever been with friends who have a little baby and you're enjoying the evening so well and then that little baby, that little tyrant, that little Napoleon decides that they want something. It's time for them to go to bed or them to eat and the whole party's got to break up because the little tyrant is tired, right? It, it all revolves around them. And it doesn't matter that the adults are having a good time. Baby's tired. We got to go home. Well, that's what you choose at this point. You choose, you know what? It's all about me. It's all about me. I choose to, instead of contribute, I choose to continue to just consume only. So we want to help you learn how to change. We want to help you learn how to mature. And the Bible says very clearly, it's, it's easy. It's what you eat. It's how you, in our language here at River Valley, it's how you connect with Jesus the bread of life. These are the ways that you connect with Jesus. So let me show you a picture of our connections. We love, we grow, we give, we go. They're on all our walls. They're, I mean, they're everywhere. We love, we grow, we give, we go. But if you choose to sit in the high chair, you choose to not participate in one or multiple of these in the way that they're there. Let me give you examples. So let's talk about we. <clears throat> we is the Sunday morning experience, the Sunday morning uh, worship time together. And I want to commend you because you're here. Way to go, all right? You, you're like, you, you did something, right? You, you are here right now. And so I want to commend you for that. Now, but I want to ask you, did you worship and participate or did you watch others worship? It's a really good question. Because some of us, we come in and we sit back and we don't worship Jesus. We don't sing we don't, we don't really engage with the text. We're kind of distracted. We're going to get up in a little bit. We're not going to think about it anymore. Listen, attending is a part of it, but participating in this moment for you to really and truly engage with Jesus. Some of you don't attend very regularly. Man, I mean, you, you, you come in and out all the time. Now, I want to be careful. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, you, you go away for a time to time. In fact, last week, uh, Mel and I, we weren't here. Uh, and the reason is, is uh, because we have a free pastor's retreat that we get to go this time every year. Uh, free pastor's retreat. I take her because I'm a big spender. And so, uh, so we take it every year. It's right before our anniversary, so we use it for our anniversary trip. So yes, I take my wife to a free retreat every year for our anniversary. Yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, this year, in fact, uh, next, uh, next week, we will celebrate 25 years of marriage together. Isn't that right? Mm. 
Listen, it is not about divorce, but for Melinda, many times it's been about murder. And so I really, <laughs> so, so it's a big deal. So we were gone last week. I get that. You're, you're out sometimes, right? But for some of us, it's, it's, it's so, it's like, well, if I don't have anything uh, coming on my calendar, if I don't have any hobbies that I want to participate in, if my children don't have any sporting events, if I don't want to sleep in, and then people say to me sometimes, I'm so glad I decided to come today. Don't do that. Make a decision to be a part of worship. I'm going to break the cardinal rule now of preaching, which is to tell you I'm not going to be here next week. I'm not going to, did y'all start clapping? <laughs> all right, all right, ushers, we need that, yeah. All right, so, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. My daughter's graduating college next week, and then, yeah, yeah. And so all the families coming in, we'll be, we'll be out of town to celebrate that, so, so I'd have to rush back, and it just, it's, it's a, I mean, all the family. Pray for me, all the family. <laughs> But, but I'm not going to be here next week. And they always tell you preaching, don't tell people that because then they won't come. I'm going to challenge you on that because I want to ask you, who's on the table? It should be. Guess who will be here next week? Jesus. Jesus will be here. And we'll be preaching and everything will go off without a hitch like it always does. But listen, if it's, I, I, I hope you like me to preach to you that's sort of our, our relationship. And so I get that, right? But, but when it's always about that and you're not really understanding, like, I want to connect with Jesus. I, I want to hear from Jesus. He's going to, man, the word of God is open and is laid out. It's going to be for you. Be here. Be here. Don't skip out. We what about love? Love is our groups. Love is our groups and our, our ability to, to connect relationally together. You will never grow as much as you should spiritually unless you are connected relationally. So let me ask you a really good question. Do you have Christian friends? Do you have good Christian friends? When you are struggling that pray over you, I mean, not just go, I'll pray for you, but pray with you, pray over you, that, that when you are needing something, you can call like deep spiritual things that you can talk about. That's what happens in group. That's what happens in relationship. I, I don't want you to not have, uh, have only Christian friends. I want you to have non-Christian friends, but if you don't have any Christian friends, I'm talking about deep people of faith, then, then you've Almost assuredly, those of you who are nodding your head right now, it's because you're in group. It's because you're in group. You serve together. You do, the, you do life together. Those of you who don't, that's my guess. Listen, get involved in a group. What about we grow? Is the only time that you hear the Bible when I preach it to you? If you take that, well, that's one in seven, and then you miss occasionally, man, you are slowly, slowly starving to death in your in your Bible study and what God wants to speak to you every single day. He wants, to, he wants to give you fresh bread every day in your own Bible study. And then what about your prayer life and growing? You know, it's, it's weird in America. It's not uncommon for somebody to say, well, I've been a Christian for 10 years. And then you ask them about their prayer life and it's, it's, they have to admit it's almost non-existent. And we, it shouldn't be that way. Let us help you. 
Let us help you learn how to read the Bible. Let us help you pray. Let us help you take that next step. Again, right outside these doors, we have Bibles for you if you don't have a Bible. We can start you on a Bible study. We can tell you about the Connections class where we'll teach you how to pray and do these things. But, but it's time for us to not sit in this chair anymore. What about give? What about give? I got an easy illustration because give is the easiest one of all of them. Give you can fix completely today, right now. If you will give online. Let me give you an illustration. Last week, we brought in uh, the diapers for uh, Bastrop Pregnancy Resource Center. And because if you're a believer, Jesus has put inside his spirit in you. He said to you, like, you wanted to be a part of that. You wanted to participate in that. There wasn't anyone here that we said, hey, we're going to help the people in our community by providing the the entire amount of diapers for a whole year at Bastrop Pregnancy Resource Center. No one here went, I'm not helping I don't like helping. I don't believe in helping. No one said that, all right? No one. But a lot of you didn't do it. Why? You forgot. That's the only reason. You wanted to help, but you forgot. I get it. I get it. Like, you don't have diapers on your regular uh, uh, list anymore. And, you know, for that, we should praise God. Uh, but but, we, but you, wanted to, you wanted to help, but you forgot. There was a couple of people in our church that we, we, uh, we took note of this, and we're going to do it next year because it was brilliant. They knew that either they were not going to be here or they were, they were likely to forget. So you know what they did? They got on their phone. They opened their Amazon app. They typed in Huggies. They found some. They clicked buy now. They had it delivered to the church. It took 30 seconds. We had so many diapers delivered by Amazon in the name of whoever sent them. It was awesome. And, then, and do you think that the people who had the diapers were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I only use diapers who others have bought for me. I don't need, I need them to go to the store for me. They didn't care. They didn't care. In other words, what as easy and seamless in our day changed their, act, their intentions into actions. They actually did it because they knew that they were likely to forget. Well, we have the same thing in our giving. You're going to be gone some. You're going to forget your checkbook some. We don't have a card swiper here. And so what are you going to do? Man, if you would change what you already know you want to do to electronic giving, then you could be assured most of us are going to get paid tomorrow. Tomorrow's the first. You could be assured that from now on you would never miss one. It's the easiest, it's the easiest of all of these. I mean, it does it for you every single time. And it's amazing. And so if you've not connected electronically and you would like to, again, right outside the connections table, there's several people. They would be happy to help you walk through the system. If you want to, like, they'll let you put in your own amount. So it's not like they'll be like, you look like you make a quarter million dollars. So I'm going to put that tithe in there. And uh, so that, you know, they'll let you choose the amount and the time and all of that. But really and truly, it's amazing. It, you can be assured that what you want to do in your heart, because God has trained you to be a giver, now actually happens. Now is actually happening. The last one is go. And we serve so that others can know Jesus Christ. The biggest need we are having right now is in our children's ministry during this service. During this service, we estimate that our children's space can hold about 140 children in one service over there. Last week during this service, there was 121 children over there. And so we are very close to maxing out. So you can go by going to another service if you can, coming if you have kids, uh, coming later. But also you can uh, 
go by helping us. You know what we need over there right now? We need dads. We need dads over there right now. It's our biggest need because we have so many kids, and especially boys after spring break, what little brain they had is starting to just like, I mean, it's just, and, and they just kind of start going crazy. And so, so what we need are dads. And you're like, am I going to have to teach a lesson? No, we want you to go over there and do what you do best, which is dad. You play Legos, you hang out, and when they start getting out of line, you look at them and go, hey, hey, hey. Quit that. Cut that out. Yes, sir. That's all. That's, that is the dad. It is amazing how well it works. We had a one class with a lot of boys, and they were starting to get a little rowdy. We put a dad in there, and they are a little, oh. I mean, it's amazing. We just need you to be a dad, man. Come be a dad and just hang out and have fun and from time to time go, look at me. Look at me right now. Your parents signed a release form. I'll do whatever I want. All right? And it is amazing. It goes really, really well. <laughs> For those of you who are concerned, I'm kidding. Ah, uh, probably. Uh, <laughs> so, so here's it. Look, I want you to think through those things. We love, we grow, we give, we go. Because if you don't make the choice to change, you can literally be sitting here for so long. And I've heard people think that they go to this seat and they, well, I've been a Christian for 20 years. Have you? Or have you been a Christian for one year 20 times and you just keep doing the same things? You just keep consuming, not contributing. You just keep not using the tools and resources that we have for you in all of these areas. We can sign you up, man. We can help you do Bible studies. We can give you a Bible. We can sign you up electronically. It, we have so many resources and yet you just make the choice to sit in this chair over and over again. We want you to do something different. So, be a new Christian, not a baby Christian. Make a choice to change by using the resources. Now, here's the, the chair. Um, this chair is called the growing Christian. The growing Christian. This is the person who has now taken their faith and said, I am going to feed myself. I am going to contribute in the kingdom of God. I'm going to use the resources that God has given me. Help me today to, to be that. You've got to make a choice in order to do that. You've got to, once you really understand the full ramifications of all that is Christianity, you make this, you make this choice as a, as a growing Christian. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful time because all of a sudden, God gives you personalized messages. God, God tells, you know, not the congregation, God starts speaking to you. Not just in your Bible studies, sometimes in the way that you're serving others. And you're like, I'm, I'm good at this. I love this. It's life-changing. Man, we have so many people that serve that, I mean, they, they do it because this is where they feel the hand of God most on their life when they serve. The growing Christian, the person that really and truly uses the connections. We love, we grow, we give, we go. And they have abandoned the way that you know they've abandoned is they stop being worldly. When you're a baby Christian, you are worldly. You speak like the world, you think like the world, but all of a sudden you are seeing maturity come out. You are seeing growth come out in a way that is truly, truly amazing. Now, here's how to go out of this seat. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Let me read those for you. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ. So we're going to leave the elementary teachings. What are they? 
We're going to go on to maturity. What are the teachings? We're not going to lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works or from faith in God. In other words, these people have been saved. These people have given their life to Jesus Christ. They're not going to live a worldly way anymore. We're going to leave the elementary teachings about baptisms. If you've never been baptized, then, then we would love for you to stand up publicly and be baptized in the next few weeks. You can, again, talk to us at the connections table. The laying on of hands, that's commissioning for a ministry. You have a ministry. The resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. They leave those things behind. It's not that they quit doing them. It's that they are a foundational part of their life and they go on to maturity. So the choice that you have to make right here is the choice of endurance. Is the choice of endurance. This is where I'm at right now. This is where I'm at. Because I've done these things for a long time. I've preached over 700 sermons at River Valley. Not counting Bible studies and prayers and, and not counting multiple services, but one sermon. 700 sermons. I've done, well, I mean, if you're doing my Bible study and prayer, and I've, I've fasted hundreds of days. I've, I've uh, 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 prayed thousands of hours. It, it, and it's so tempting to me right now to go back and to rely on yesterday. It is an overwhelming temptation to me these days, and I fail quite a bit right now. I don't give my full, and I'm working, I'm really trying, I'm trying to acknowledge that, but endurance is saying the best days can be ahead for me if I don't rely on yesterday and say that's enough. My guess is that some of you, that's where you're at. There was a time when you were really on fire for the Lord. There was a time when you gave a lot in ministry. There was a time where you gave sacrificially in your finances. And you can look back on those times, and it's not true in your life today. And you want to rely on that. And endurance is saying, I am going to continue in these things. I am going to continue serving the Lord all the days of my life in order to get to the last chair, which is the lasting Christian. The lasting Christian. The lasting Christian is the person who is old and seasoned and still on fire for Jesus Christ. Still loves him. Still serves him. Still is around young Christians and young Christians are like, oh my goodness, he's telling fresh stories. She's telling stories about last week, not about 20 years ago. Man, God's doing stuff in their life right now. The lasting Christian finishes well, goes all the way through, runs through the finish line. The lasting Christian endures through the ups and down, the hardships, the trials, the moments where they're like in sermons like this where they have to go back and evaluate and go, I've gotten a little bit lazy. I've gotten a little bit immature. I'm not using all of the things. And I'm going to put my life and my love into the bread of life. Those are the people who last and, and truly see the end days of their life as the most fruitful, as the ones that God uses the most, because you've matured, you've grown, you, you're really, you're doing something wonderful. So I want to ask you today, where do you sit? Like, I want you to literally think in your mind, where do you sit? Now, I want to show you one thing about our church right here that, that is something that I want to let you know about is that we are getting to have a pretty full table. 
How many of you grew up in Thanksgiving and Christmas, you had to sit at the kids' table? Raise your hands. How many of you are adults and you're still at the kids' table? Keep your hands up, all right? So, all right, now some of you, do you think it's a maturity issue or uh, I'm just wondering? So, all right, so I remember sitting at the kids' table and, and uh, you know, my aunts and uncles, mom and dad, grandparents and everything, and, and I didn't even get the first position in the kids' table because I got an older cousin. And so you start looking, well, the, the, the adult table, they would be laughing and cutting up. That's where all the food was right there. You had to get up and go get it. And so you think to yourself, well, the only way that I'm going to get there is for somebody to leave that table. Well, you don't want that to happen because you don't want granny to die because then the whole thing shuts down. I mean, you, you know, like, and I, I grew up with the old school granny. I mean, like, she did all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the serving, everything, it was wonderful. <laughs> I, mean, you know, like, I mean, everything, you know? And so that's, that's not right, but I loved it. It was great. And so, so I don't want that. So, so there's no way for me to get at that table if somebody passes on because we're not even going to have the table anymore. So what do you have to do? What do you have to do? Now, when I tried this illustration when I was preaching by myself, it was, you always want to kind of work on your illustration. It did not work. By myself, it didn't work, and that's exactly the point. So I, I, I need a volunteer to come up here and help me. So who will help me? All right, come on, Jason. All right, give Jason a hand. Yeah. Jason, did you sit at the kids' table? Always. All right, so move that chair out. So the only way for us is for someone to either A, die, move away, or B, pull it out. All right. That's why I couldn't do it alone. Oh, it goes this way. All right, back together. Come on. Oh, there it is right there. All right, there we go. Hang on. Yep. All right. Now, put these chairs right here. On the sides. All right, give him a hand. Love you, man. Thank you. Now, the only way, and we don't want you to leave, the only way to get more people at the table is to have a bigger table. It's that simple. We had 1,316 people here for Easter. We think that's what this building can run in three services in its current capacity. We are going to hit that in a few years on a regular basis. We are. We're, we're growing. Um, we, are, uh, we are really, 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 really growing. And God is really, really blessing us. And so I hate the idea of saying we have a full table. We, you know, we've got enough here. I hate the idea of guests who want are exploring Christianity to come here and not have a room, not have room for their children, you know, not have room to park, not have room to sit comfortably in, in a place. And so we're going to look. And so what you're going to be hearing me about in the, in the fall is talk about expanding, that we're going to build a multi-purpose room. We're going to build uh, one that can be used for uh, different groups during the week. It will be multi-purpose in that way for our children on Sunday, uh, for some other ministries that we want to start. And so I want to, we, we're going to 
Lord willing, as we get to 1316 on a regular basis in River Valley, then we're going to have this new building and we'll just keep on growing and reaching people for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We're going to think ahead. Now, I can't do it alone, right? It's not the staff's job. It's part of our job, but it's all of our job. And that's what the illustration is so good is, is it took, like, I need help. Somebody come up to the stage and help me preach. I mean, we need that within the life of River Valley. We need you. So all I need you right now is just begin to pray. Just begin to pray, God, soften my heart. God, show me what you want. God, give us more people. God, we want to expand and always be in faith building for what you're going to do in the coming days. Just praying towards those. And I'll give you specifics this fall, but I want you praying through the summer for that because it's coming. And we we think it's coming very, very fast. And so we really and truly want to have that perfect moment where it's like, oh, we're out of room. Oh, grand opening. I mean, that's what, you know, like that, oh, it's so exciting. So, so where are you? Where do you sit? Do you sit in the guest chair? Sit in the new Christian chair? Do you sit in the growing chair? Do you sit in the lasting chair? What needs to happen for you to move? What needs to happen for you to move to the next place? For you to grow? Paul says the problem with the church is they're drinking milk not eating meat. It's time to grow up for all of us. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. The band's going to come out. And I want you to visually think right now, where, where are you sitting? Where are you sitting in this, in this illustration? I mean, literally think. What did God speak to you in this sermon about what needs to happen we can all do better in everything, but I think that there's like a moment of clarity where you're like, that was it. That was the thing. Or he's been speaking to you for weeks and weeks in your spirit, something I didn't even mention, but you know, like, this is the next step. I need to move out of the guest chair. I need to give my life to Jesus Christ as Lord. I've done that, but I need to go public in my faith and be baptized and tell the world that I love Jesus Christ. I need to get involved in the connections. We love, we grow, we give, we go. Man, I've, I've been sporadic in my attendance. And even when it's attendance, it's attendance, not participation. Or I need to learn how to read my Bible for myself. I need to become a better person of prayer. I've not done good in my finances in giving my first and full tithe to the Lord. I give kind of last and partial. I need to sign up for online giving. I need to serve I need to help our children so that they have a wonderful experience over there. What is it? For me, I've been doing all these things. And I need to redouble down and say, Jesus, I've done all these things. And I will continue all the days of my life. That's what mine is. So I'm going to invite you to pray. As you close your eyes and bow your heads, what do you need to do? If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today... To move out of the guest chair. Say, Jesus. I I want the chaos out. I want order. I want the sin out. I want forgiveness. Jesus, I don't want to be the captain of my own ship anymore. I want you to be the Lord. When you do that and you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. That he was buried and that he was resurrected. You'll be saved. Let Jesus be the Lord of your life today.
What decision do you need to make? What choice do you need to make to move closer to Jesus? Father, we commit our time to you. We thank you that we get to sit at the table. Jesus, we thank you that you are the bread of life. It is not about the table. It is about us at the table serving and being served the bread of life. Thank you, Jesus. Help us if we sit in a high chair in any way, if we're immature in any way. God, help us to grow up and to leave, as the Bible says, childish things behind and grow on to maturity in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.